Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Boys, I have landed on Richard Patino's Wikipedia page this morning. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the first... Paragraph, I guess, of Richard Patino's Wikipedia page. After what was it? I know that I know that Liam uh, Liam Robbins was out last night. Yeah, Gabe Kalsher would have brought great defense. There's Le- no question sorry, about it. LeBron Robbins. Yep. LeBron Le- LeBron Robbins was out last night. I prefer to think of him more as a combination Draymond Robbins of Elijah Wan and Jabbar. Yeah, um, yeah. Read read that. Hakeem Abdul Robbins. Read what you're going to read, and then I, I think we should explore the uh, potential suspects. Okay. Richard William Patino, born September 16, 1982, was the head coach of the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers basketball team. He is the son of former Louisville head coach Rick Patino. After attending St. Sebastian's School in Needham, Massachusetts, Richard Patino earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in history at Providence College in 2005. He is known for his inability to effectively coach teams, especially in second-half play. His last name is the sole reason he maintains his job at the University of Minnesota. That's Wikipedia this morning. Damn. I'm looking at <laughs> wow. Oh man, I'm looking at suspects, and I know an older guy who plays technologically dumb. Talks with talks like this, and he's been selling himself as this dummy when it comes to computers for How years. Do I right? figure this out. You I got me. I suspect. Can you hear me? I suspect that. that I gotta go. Where are we going, gentlemen? Is far more technological savvy than we've ever thought before, and that he himself might have been in Patino's Wikipedia page early this morning to make some adjustments. Wow, you think Patrick James Royce would would be able to go on? By the way, I just, I, I just refreshed. I'm, I'm just see if it's still. Yeah, it's still there. By the way, you know this makes me doubt the validity of Wikipedia now. Oh, no. Everything. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Now, now, after all this time, I'm just telling you, Royce, well, long time he's been selling himself as I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe he does. Here's what I don't get about Wikipedia. So this this was changed according to according to people that are tweeting about this this morning. This happened last night. Now, there's some pages that you like if you try to make an edit, you yep. can't or it just immediately some of the higher profile pages. Yeah, we tried that with the page one time. I forget whom and it changed right back. Whose job is it? Like Richard Patino is not a top priority Wikipedia. Like you're, you're, you might monitor the global warming page or whatever. Like, whose job the is it to go in page. and change this back to the way it's supposed to be? Or is this now just because well, it's because it's become so true? 
It's just part of his bio. That's a good possibility. Well, <laughs> does it somehow set off uh, uh, bells and whistles when people go into certain pages and make changes so that they Could know be. that there has been that they've been tampered with or something Could like be. that? Oh, somebody is. went into the Mike Shashevsky page. Someone's in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we gotta get him out. Oh, get him out! No, no. We gotta get him out. Get to the back cave. <laughs> so, so he is now. And I've been a supporter. This is his seventh year. I've been a supporter. It's hard now to support a 54 and 93 record. 54 and 93 record in Big Ten games. Only a handful. Isn't like he only has like a. He has less than 10 conference road wins, I think, over that period. I don't know. The record itself is so atrocious in the Big Ten that I don't even know it matters where you are. And, suffering that many defeats, and they've had some. They've had some moments. I mean, 2016-17, uh, they won. I believe, actually, I think the 25 games they won in 13-14 in the NIT. I think that might have been the most wins in a regular season in Gopher history. And he was Big Ten Coach of the Year in 16-17, correct? Yep, I think he got that award back then. But anyway, um, so I have been of the belief until last night. Let me tell you, Phil Mackey, I've been of the belief that. What we have talked about, I think, with you and Doogie is true, which is it's a pandemic. You're dropping three sports. I believe the buyout on the Patino contract, if you fire him, is $1.7 million. Uh, that there's a lot of things that we, you would basically say, you know what, we could fire you, but let's not because it's going to look bad. Um, and, and then I saw before the game yesterday, I think it was in the morning, CBS Sports published a five college basketball coaches on the hottest of hot seats, and Patino made it. And I actually wrote about it for scorenorth.com, weighing the possibility and not, and this was before they tipped off last night at Williams Arena. And then I watched that game, and I don't care who was playing, and I don't care who wasn't playing. The Northwestern Wildcats have lost 13 consecutive Big Ten games. They are a train wreck. They played a game last night that basically begged, begged the Gophers to extend that skid to 14 games. And the Gophers were like, oh, no, no, we can outmatch. We can match your crappiness, your craptasticness. Um, I now believe that there is a very good chance that Richard Pitino will be paid off to be, because here's your problem. If you if you do it, it looks bad. If you don't, it looks bad. And you want to have fans back in that building next year. And it's going to be uh, coming out of a pandemic incredibly competitive, like for the Wolves to get fans right and the Wild and the the Vikings are fine, but the Twins. So long story short, I think you almost have to make a change now to show your fan base that you're serious. Yeah. And I also like all this hand-wringing, and I'm not, not to rip on Doogie because Doogie was wringing his hands over this a little bit. So I guess I am kind of ripping on our friend Doogie. But this, this, said it too. this hand-wringing about, oh, $1.75 million. boy, the optics would look bad, and they fired his assistant, and, and they and they let go of, like, the men's gymnastics program. Yep. Okay, none of that matters when they're making this decision. Like, they cut all of those things in the moment in a pandemic to try and just save as much revenue as possible and look out for the long-term health of the athletic department the way that they see it. Like, I know that the way the way that other people see it is, well, the long-term health of the athletic department should include some non-revenue sports that, you know, give kids fulfillment and whatever. But, like, when you're staring at crowds coming back in the fall, like, we're going to have stadium. We're going to have by – by the time football season rolls around, you're going to have people back watching P.J. Fleck, row the boat, right? Before the pandemic, the Gopher Athletic Department brought in $130 million a year in revenue. Now, they're obviously spending a lot of money to get that $130 million, too. 
But $130 million in revenue when this thing comes back, let's say, let's say, it's, let's say it's only 80, 90, 100, okay? $1.75 million if they decide in a booster or two comes in and says, listen, yeah, all right, right, this isn't $100 million to build a practice facility. It's a million and a half to make a contract go away if you don't feel like, if you feel like it's too far gone with Patino. Yep. I don't think it's. I don't think that's going to be a huge deterring factor for them making a coaching change. I agree now completely. Yeah, completely. Because do you, do you think he's gone? Yes, he's gone. Yes, he, I don't think he's gone today. But like, no, 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 no. no, no. It, after the season, yeah, I, I, I agree. Left, but yeah, they are. They are now. I, I guess my question is this: What's it going to take to make the tourney? Because they were, I, I believe, what I saw yesterday was they were um, uh, the first four in. Per ESPN.com, they're out now, and my God, Phil, that loss last night, if the committee watches a minute of that loss, they ain't taking this team. I mean, it was oh, atrocious. No, it's, over. No, it's, it's awful. Over. They're, they're not going to the NCAA tournament now. I don't think... I don't think it's even like if you were to win, so you can win your last three and get to nine and eleven, and then and then you've got the conference, but and then they are going to play the conference to tournament. You're, you're literally going to have to roll off like five wins in a row, I That's, think, yeah. to get there. So I th- I think based on that, I think he's gone. And again, it comes back to the the in this town. The incredible competitive environment that's going to exist to get people to buy tickets. When when there is no way that people are going to come back and say, ah, you know what, pandemic done, right? I got my wild seats, I got my wall seats, I got my gopher seats. No way. Yeah. So there there are going to be decisions made, and if you stand pat and you're coil, I think you are inviting people to say, well, I don't care about you. Yep. Also, though, like this is the thing. I, I think there's two things to really note going forward here. If they if they make a coaching change, thing number one is some sports and program self awareness here that. Over the last 20 years, the Gophers, we have this perception of where we want the Gophers to be, mm-hmm. but the reality is the Gophers are not a top half of the Big Ten program. They're just not. Like, Patino's been trying, Patino kind of brought them up five years ago to be in that mix, like sort of in the fringe of the top ten, going to the NCAA tournament two times in three years. They finally had, like, they finally had some NBA caliber and professional caliber players come through here. Right, like they had a guy drafted for the first time in 15 years, and so some steps are being made here. But ultimately, he's not gonna like you're not gonna let go of Richard Pitino and then bring in like a big high profile name from outside of Minnesota. And so that gets me to the second part of this: you're gonna have to bring someone in that isn't necessarily a high profile. Like you're not gonna bring in, you know, the the Tubby Smith equivalent from 10 or 12 years ago. It's going to have to be somebody provincial, somebody that has either connections within the state of Minnesota or is visible within the state of Minnesota. Ryan Saunders could be on that list if you wanted to. Ben Johnson could be on that list, former assistant under Richard Pitino. It's it like like Ryan Saunders would be the splashiest name, but otherwise you're going to have to go for a name that can connect better with the local AAU and local high school coaches to maybe get an extra kid or two that's true. that's currently going outside the state. So it's a it, you're not going to flip the switch overnight and all of a sudden oh you've got Coach Cal in here like that's not what this. But would Coyle is. go um, like he did with Fleck and try and find a coach from a smaller college who he knows well who he sees as being well, that's what Patino a young up and comer yeah yeah but Patino was what the fifth choice or 
is or no, but but <laughs> he I mean, die and he hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> but he was, but he was way down that list, and it basically was. Norwood Teague's going to get Shaka Smart, right? Oh yeah, I can't wait till Shaka. No, thanks, dude. I'm I'm good here. Yeah, and so that Coil has to have a list, and I'm curious because the thing with Coil is he is a man of mystery. Like, think about it. He doesn't talk. We know we know so little about what his goals and and his who his friends are and what his goals are. Like, we I don't think I've ever seen an AD who communicates as little as he does. So yeah. we just don't know. And I think part of it is like there's been a couple times where he's gotten up there and he's been super nervous mm-hmm. for big moments and press conferences, mm-hmm. and he is just he's he has come off as. I don't know what the word is. Like he's made mistakes or he's come off as sort of a beta in moments where you have to be a leader. And I think he just errs on the side of, I'd rather just be a behind the scenes athletic director. I don't, I'm not great at public speaking. So we just don't know much. I'm not very dynamic and charismatic. So yeah. So you're right. He does have a list though. Just like Gerson had a list. We all have a list. It would be hilarious. If we get a head coaching job. At the top of my list, Ryan Saunders (laughs) too, Gerson. So, all right. So yeah, Wikipedia. Uh, apparently, you can just edit whatever you want on Richard Patino's page. But are you guys ready? Are you ready to, to dive in here? Oh, I got him. So so ready. Hold on. I got to get to my notes for this. Okay, now I'm ready. Like me? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. I was going to say, like you. What's his name? Why? I'm going to Google him. No, Google your own guy. Let's just see if his mother's still alive. Hey, did you ever hear this guy they call the date doctor? Urban myth. Really? Absolutely. I was kind of hoping he also helped women. Casey. You're not sick. You're single. You just have to relax and enjoy the ride. I haven't been ridden in months. I heard every word. You're a scam artist. You trick women into getting into getting out of their own way. So great guys like Albert Brenneman have a fighting chance. Okay, no, no, no. I want I want everybody to take a good look at this right now because this this right here this is exactly why falling in love is so goddamn hard. Sir, let's go now. Vance Munson is a pig, and I refused to work with him. Need to get your facts right. Welcome in to Rom-Com Rewind with Mackie and Judd. Part of the Mackie and Judd Go to the Movies series that includes Action Movie Rewind and now Rom-Com Rewind. And before uh, before we dive in here, boys, Rom-Com Rewind is powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, here to help business owners in the state of Minnesota. They recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Think about as a business owner how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips. Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. If you have a business, I don't know if, if they include dating coaches and lifestyle coaches. My guess is no, but you never know until you go to federatedinsurance.com to find out how they can protect your business with tools like MyShield. You can also download the app. It's free. Go to MyShield on the FederatedInsurance.com website. And remember, it's Federated. It's our business to protect yours. No, it's not him. I'm telling you, that's him. It doesn't look anything like Excuse me. Excuse me. Do you know him? No. I want you to look me in the eye and you tell me that he did not hire you. Ma'am, I have never seen this man before in my life. See you later, Tony. (laughs) Tony, you have got some serious The 2005 romantic comedy classic, Hitch, starring Will Smith, Ava Mendez, Kevin James, Amber Valletta, 
And even Michael Rappaport. Yeah, a little before he started doing selfie rants on. I love Michael social media. Rappaport. I am dear. He's one of my favorites. He's hilarious. He's, he's one I got of my que- all-time favorites. I got a question about him though. But go up, go on. No, you go. You can ask. Oh, I'm just. I'm curious. What happened to him? Like he was a character actor. He was, you know, yeah, I think extremely. He's in his prime right now. Successful, and then he just sort of went off on a, uh, the deep end as far as these rants. He and, plays the dad in a very good Netflix series called Atypical. Oh, he does. Okay, it's really, really good show. Um, he plays the dad of a kid with that's what's his son about. has autism, and it's just it's a it's a funny drama kind of show. It's it's really, really good. Yeah. Okay, really good. But that, his but his but, but his, his best work is stuff. on social media, yeah. where he just rants about things. Very, very vulgar rants yes. about things. All right. Hitch, 2005. This film, which was written by Kevin Bish, features Will Smith as Alex Hitch Hitchens, a professional date doctor who makes a living teaching men how to woo women. Unfortunately, while helping his latest client woo the woman of his dreams, he finds out that his game doesn't quite work on the gossip columnist with whom he's smitten. Smitten. 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Randomly low. But also yeah. fitting. Is it? Nice. Yeah, it is nice. But, but is it low? It's low. Is it low? It's criminally low. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it? Critics consensus. Despite Hitch's predictability, Will Smith and Kevin James win praise for their solid, warm-hearted performances. <laughs> Get this. This movie had a $70 million budget because Will Smith was at his absolute zenith here. Yep. And Eva Mendez was close to it. And uh, Kevin James was actually at his zenith yeah. here, too. He had been seven years into, uh, what's the King sitcom, Queens. King of Queens? Great show. $70 million budget turned into $370 million at the box office. Wow. This was a smash hit. It was released on Valentine's Day weekend of 2005. Oh, I saw it in theaters as a 12-year-old. Really? Yes. What, was, what was that experience like? Oh, I was good. Well, my mom, typical Aww. Declan uh Declan and mom situation. I think my brother was there too. I think brother Liam was there too. Yeah, I've never seen this in theaters. It's a great film. It's one of no my all time favorites. There's no girl. And if ever there was a man born without game, <laughs> it was Albert Brenneman. You know what it's like getting up every morning, feeling hopeless, feeling like the love of your life is waking up with the wrong man, but at the same time, hoping that she still finds happiness, even if it's never going to be with you. You are flat out, out of your mind. You know that? Yeah. That's good. That's good. (laughs) All right, we'll start with Judd Zolgad. What was your key takeaway from Hitch? Okay, my key takeaway was this. What you read is exactly right. The performances are great. Will Smith is great. Uh, James is great. The performances are very good. But the film itself, and I've seen the film twice now, but this is the first time I sat down with pen and paper and took notes, okay? So this is the, the this was the football. This the first time you've watched breakdown. the All-22 film. The all, 22. all 22 breakdown. <laughs> so this is not, you know, before I think it was a Sunday years ago. Sure. I said, I it's thought on, this is cute. It's on TBS like every other Yeah, this week. is really cute. <laughs> and, and, the, and the performances are really good. So there is nobody in this film who stunk. Everyone... Pulled their way, but there are too many cliches in this oh. film about everything that goes wrong in a relationship. There are unnecessarily too many moving parts. 
And of course, you then have, and this is the ultimate cliche, and it's not even that key to it, the misunderstanding about the unknown date doctor and what are his motives. Okay. Listen, it is a little it would be a little confusing if you're a woman and you find out that this guy is this guy is a trained pickup artist. And then he but then he happens Has he tricked me into liking him? But I don't then know. he but but then it's with a gossip columnist who's trying to find him to out him but story. she's in love behind the scenes with him. It's look, what made It's an American love story. It is. What no, you guys, what made How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days so great was its simplicity. Oh. The writers knew what they were the writers knew exactly what the goal was here. This was a writing team that had too much going on and kept adding storylines. And again, the I don't acting, know if I agree with that. The yeah, act, the acting either. is great, but she's a got the the um, gossip columnist trying to find and expose the date doctor who she just happens to fall in love with and not know is enough to eliminate a lot of other portions of this storyline because it's such a stretch. They go, it's too many, it's too many viable writing cliches. I could have cleaned this film up in Glad you didn't. five minutes. I could so, have cleaned this film wow. up. Okay, I don't, so I, I, wow. I thought... I thought this movie was... And by was the way, actually, I did not like it. I'm just telling you it had too much going on. I thought this movie was very simple. I don't. I, yeah. I, this is the first time I've completely disagreed with your assessment of the com- complexity yes. of the movie. There are three main themes and storylines in this movie. There's Alex Hitchens trying to finagle his way with Eva Mendez, right? Right. There's, there's a... I'm forgetting his name. Albert Brenneman. Yep. Trying to finagle his way with the celebrity. Yep. And then there's Stefan Marbury trying to beat the Memphis well, Grizzlies. And that's, as, my, and that's as, in my notes. Madison Square and that Garden. is in my notes, too. <laughs> that is. But the thing is, if you're going to go with gossip columnist Chase's unknown date doctor guy, but she's really in love with him, but she doesn't know it, that, to me, you are you are teetering on the edge of absurdity. All right. Dex, what was your main takeaway? That's my takeaway. That's totally my takeaway. disagree with Judd. I'm going to jump the gun here. But I'm just going to say, my main takeaway is it's the greatest rom-com film of all time. Wow. The greatest oh, rom-com movie of Whoa. all time. Well, pull him over. Great cast. I don't know if I can. Pull him up. Pull him over. No, Funny. So How to lose a guy in 10 days so is better. So Judd and I are in the cop car together, and Judd's like, that guy's speeding. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, the deputy here <laughs> he is trying to pull he him swerved. out. He no, swerved. You know what? Phil, Phil's gone bad. Give me the wheel. Phil's no. gone dirty. Phil's taking bribes. Take Cops is recorded on location <laughs> with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. All right, listen, I'm just going to sit in the police car. I want All right, sir, can you step out of the car? Can you step out of the car? What did I do, officer? <clears throat> Am I being detained? Uh, first of all, you swerved. <laughs> Second of all, just because you saw a film with your mother around Valentine's That's Day at the age of 12 not does why. not make this the greatest rom-com of all time. This is a cute rom-com. Sir, sir, what? can you walk this rom-com line? I can use first the sentimental mom card to in the my rom- advantage in a lot of situations. I'm not using it in this one, okay? This is a phenomenal film. It has a great cast. It's hilarious. It it's not too cheesy. It has a, it, it, it's it's a great story. It's a great story of of this date doctor, the gossip columnist trying to find a point him out, the dork Albert Brenneman going way out of his league with the leg recall. It brings it all full circle at the end. It's one of the 
fast. It, like what? How to lose a guy in ten days is to Phil Mackey changing his college major. This is like what hitches for me. It is my. It's like my favorite film. If it's on TV, I stop and watch it anytime. Amazing. It's the best rom com of all time. So I'm gonna withhold my my score and my my. I'm not going to go quite as far as Declan did in my revealing of yep. how I feel about this movie. But I love this movie. Yes. This is, I'm with Declan in that it's on TBS every five minutes, basically, yeah. or E. And if there's nothing happening and it's a Sunday late morning or whatever and Hitch is on, I'm watching. I'm in. If it's yeah. late at night, I'm in. But my biggest takeaway from this movie is that it actually spawned, because it, it's pretty early internet days, like it's before social media. Yeah. It's like chat room days and and web forum days. She, she leaves a message on a voicemail. Yeah, yeah. think about that. Well, so is Rick Spielman and other GMs. Yeah, Sean GMs Watson. are doing that with trade offers yeah. to the Houston Texans. Which we can talk about that later. I got a great bit about that too. Hilarious. Um, this movie spawned an era of pickup artistry. I don't know if you guys ever like VH1 oh, had yeah, a show like a year. Artist. So so here's great sort show. of the, the, the this movie came out. And then, like, a year later, VH1 launched a show called The Pickup Artist. Yep. And then a book came out written by Neil Strauss called The Game, which highlighted a group of so-called pickup artists. It became a New York Times number one bestseller, mm-hmm. highlighting these guys in L.A. who were dweebs and nerds and, like, taught themselves how t- they, like, gamed the system for how to talk to women and get them to be interested in them. And th- so it was this movie. The book came out. <laughs> the VH1 reality series came out. The guy who hosted the VH1 reality series pickup artist, his name was Mystery, and he was like a magician. Oh, and he serious? would he would show you how to walk up and like insult a girl in the right way so that she'd fall in love. It was just yeah, ridiculous. It was so bad, dude. It was ridiculous. Um, it only made it like one or two seasons. Oh. <laughs> but I will say, I was in college when all of this was happening. Like this movement, this movie into the VH1 show, and then the book, the game came out. And you should have seen college Phil Mackey just trying all of the hitch tactics. Like, oh my god, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to be. I'm not going to show too much interest, but I'm going to show some interest, and then I'm going to walk away. Pay so much money. <laughs> and how much did? Back and how much did this work for you? Zero percent. Yeah, <laughs> zero, zero percent for sure. But it was it was the beginning of this era of okay, it's hard to go up and talk to girls if you're a guy. What's the best way to do it so that you can get her attention? Um, but that you're not being too inauthentic and Hitch was, I mean, Hitch talks about this like five times during, during the movie. So, all right. What was your favorite part, Judd, about Hitch? You broached it. No question about it. The sports in the film. Oh, of course. Wow. The, we got back-to-back Knicks games. Yeah. In the, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but in this case, in this case, we got savvy sports people doing a perfect job of, of having them be at a game. Yeah, and it didn't need to be the NBA Finals. And it's, like, and, it's yeah. and and it is what? Knicks, Memphis, Stefan, right? I got the rosters here if you want. But the, but hmm. here's the great thing. You want to guess the rosters? Um, this, I think this game Stephon was recorded. Marbury. Hold on, let me pull up. I think this game was recorded on March Paul. 24th, 2004. I think okay. I saw Paul Gasol. Paul, young Paul Gasol. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably did for yep. the uh, Grizz. Yep. If this is the game I'm thinking of, it was at Madison Square Garden. It was the Grizzlies' only trip there in 2004, the year before this movie came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. A young Paul Gasol went for 23 points, six rebounds, four assists. Can you guess who won the game, just based on the clip that you saw? Um, uh, next won the game. Grizzlies in a blowout. Really? Oh, 111-97. Really? Oh, Marbury. And, that, and that included the Knicks outscoring the Grizzlies by 11 in garbage time. To cl- it was like a 30-point game at one point. Oh, really? Stefan, here are the starting lineups. 
You had, for the Knicks, you had Stefan Marbury. He went for 23 points and 10 assists in a losing effort, which is his entire career encapsulated in this game. And then demanded out afterwards. He said, I want to be traded. I want to be traded back to the Nets. You had Shandon Anderson, Penny Hardaway. Nice. A little Penny? Wow. I love little Penny. Naj Muhammad, Kurt Thomas. And then off the bench, you had Vin Baker, Othella Harrington, Jamar Johnson, Mike Sweetney, and Moochie Norris. Moochie. God, were the Knicks bad. For the Grizzlies, you had Pau Gasol, James Posey. By the way, this was, like a, this was like a 50-win Grizzlies team this year. Yeah, nice. You had Pau Gasol, James Posey, Jason Williams, white chocolate Jason Williams. Oh, yeah. Mike Miller. Oh, Mike Miller. Jake Sokolitis. And then off the bench, you had Stromile Swift, Bonzi Wells, Shane Battier, Earl Watson, Bo Outlaw, and Theron Smith and Troy Bell. Oh, that's some great old school names. Oh, Earl Watson. Man. UCLA, right? I think so. Yeah, he's coaching. I, I think he was. But anyway, you know what this film did? This film did a perfect job of, of one, um, they had just the right amount of action, which mm-hmm. is which is almost none, but that's absolutely fine. They showed it. Two, they clearly shot the scene not during the game, so you, you didn't have this awkward, well, we're really at the game and we got to act like we're at the game, right? Yep. It was clear that they shot it around the game itself. This what everything that that how to lose a guy in 10 days did hysterically wrong Knicks wise. <laughs> this film actually did really well. I, I give agree. I give I think they had a sports consultant who said it's Let, fine if they're going to go to a Knicks game, but you don't really need to take them to a Knicks game. Yep, less is more in this case. Yeah. And so in both in both of these last two movies, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Hitch, they had one day and one game to capture basketball footage for the movie. Yep. And in the case of Hitch, they said less is more. It'll just be it'll just be a clip of a game. It'll just be their court seasoning side. on the movie, right? They're supposedly courtside, which yep. is fine. Yep, seasoning on the movie. Yep. We're not going to pretend that it's the NBA Finals. We're not going to try and recreate them. <laughs> what a great stretch that was! <laughs> and, why, why did you do that? And then Hud lose a guy in ten days. Said, "All right, we're going to go. We're, we got one day of footage, even though Chris Webber is not playing in this game for the Kings, and the Knicks are a dumpster fire, and Lawrence Funderburk is in all of our shots." We're gonna we're gonna take this footage of one game, a crappy regular season game, and we're gonna make it seem like it's the NBA Finals as a major theme throughout the movie. Yes, you didn't need to do that. No, but I mean, who ridiculous. Did, who decided that and said, you know what? Let's make it the NBA Finals. And who didn't say, you know what, Ted? That's a really stupid idea. I know. Anyway, uh, that's Dex, my favorite part. What was your favorite part of this movie? Uh, I th- well, there's so many, but I, I think the my favorite part, um, and I'll play the clip here. It's a little long, but it's when. Hitch meets Sarah for the first time, and also before that too, when Sarah uh, scares off or like like basically shuts down Chip. Chip, Chip comes over. Poor Chip, you have, you have beautiful eyes. Just slams like Chip. <laughs> listen, Chip? Yeah. try to listen here, okay? Yeah. I just think it's great. I think that both of them here have insane, and you know the moment they start talking here that this is just going to be a hit. I mean, you're sending all the right signals. No earrings, heels under two inches, your hair is pulled back, you're wearing reading glasses with no book. Drinking a great goose martini, which means you had a hell of a week and a beer just wouldn't do it. And if that wasn't clear enough, there's always the f- that you have stamped <laughs> on your forehead. Because who's going to believe that there's a man out there that could sit down beside a woman he doesn't know and genuinely be interested in who she is, what she does, without his own agenda? So what would a guy like that say? Well, he'd say, my name is Alex Hitchens and I'm a consultant. But she wouldn't be interested in that because she'd probably be just counting the seconds until he left. But then he'd ask her name and what she did for a living. And she might blow him off. Or or, or she might say, I'm Sarah Milas. I run the gossip column at The Standard. That, that just brilliant. 
Brilliant. How, how many dude. times has Declan Goff tried to speak to a woman at a bar in that way? Um, I got another. I probably have tried it, uh, and it's been. <laughs> Drastically unsuccessful. I, I, you can't I'm, believe it. I'm envisioning another. another scenario where, like, he goes through all of those things, yeah. and then he's just a hundred percent wrong. Yes, he's like, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> get out of my um, space. <laughs> I also think, like, it's a little absurd to how he goes before too. Like when he's talking with Rappaport. I'm not like trying to jump the gun here, but when he's with Rappaport and he like does the twenty dollar bill thing to the girl to like get her attention. Like, how is it supposed to get you away from those guys? It's like, I don't think, like, that is one of the most obscure, like, absurd things I've ever seen. I think where, a woman would be order, so offended. He tries to order drink. Well, she was offended. Yeah, she was. But, oh, but then she, like, gets a little smitten because, like, well, how am I supposed to get away from those guys? Those and guys would have probably tried to, the tried other, to jump him or something. Correct. The problem, too, with the clip that you played, and this is the flaw in how they wrote it, is the second she says, I'm a gossip columnist, if you are the date doctor and you are trying to keep a low profile, you are out. Well, yeah, but, but, um, like, well, like you're not going to be like, oh, man, you're the gossip columnist. That's great. Because she's eventually, if you date, going to ask what you do. And he makes it very clear he has no interest in talking about his business. But, but, and he's legendary. But some people. And he knows he is. Know they're going to get into a relationship. And they know there might be an issue with, like, what I do for a profession. And, like, it just kind of, that like, you're just going to have to accept that. Yeah, like, if he, that's, well. But I see make, what Judd's saying. But he makes, if he wants to keep a low profile, she's probably the last one that he should be and he makes and, and he clearly has has a really good racket going. So it's not like he does an objectionable job, but he's like, it's okay. Like, throughout the course of the film, he very clearly tries to avoid ever talking about what he does. Yeah, it's hard to explain and, to people. And yeah. now he's going to date a gossip columnist, yeah. or potentially. What did you guys uh, think, though, of just the smooth move of, like, getting her attention and then walking away without even getting her number and ordering her a Grey Goose vodka martini Brilliant move. while you walk out the door? Brilliant and then she move. just sits there and she thinks about you? Yeah. No, that's yeah. it's genius. It's genius. Because he doesn't leave her number. Or I think this, because on the walkie-talkie scene, like... The, he says, he, like, I hate when I give a girl my number and I don't get I don't get a response. Yeah, right? he, he knew where like she that. worked because yeah, she told him right. where she worked. So he was able to contact her that way. But a little, I, I, little creepy, though, to go all in on the walkie-talkie thing and then set up set up multiple it's dates. It's a little weird. And then to research her great-grandfather who or great-great-grandfather. I think, I the think Ellis that, Island thing. Yeah, I got notes on that. That was a little creepy. I think that's yeah, a fine date, but not for a first date. I think that's a cool thing to do Wouldn't like, that down you out, the road. I'd like down the road, but not on a, on a first date, it would creep me out. On a first date, it would absolutely creep me out. Yeah, Judd, I mean, if you have thoughts on it, Judd, is this your least favorite part? No. Least <laughs> believable part. Oh. Okay. Se- 7 a.m. date, okay? Yeah, I don't do 7 a.m. dates. Keep going, Phil. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll okay. get to it. All right. Where are we at here? Favorite part? Yeah, that favorite was, part. Actually, my favorite part Yours. was the same part as Declan's. Oh, is the, I, the, the bar I, scene? That's the be- it's the best scene. Yes. It's obviously unrealistic, but it was that's charming. Fine. It was It was also, ju- I, I love Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Like anything that Will Smith is, is in, I agree. He's great. Take my money. Yep. Yeah. Fifteen dollars, whatever. Like, really just take good. my money um, for thirty years. And so that scene was peak Will Smith. Just smooth, charming, sort of a sort of a d bag, but also likable enough, right? So, uh, so that's my favorite thing. All right, least favorite thing of this movie, Judd. Uh, okay, back to the storyline here. Okay, mm-hmm. so so again. They had a decent idea, but the plausibility of, of the fact that Hitch becomes this mastermind sort of bad guy, basically based on a misunderstanding oh. of what Vance Munson says, 
Like, like Hitch helped people. Like, he's not a terrible guy. Um, power suit, power tie, power steering. Yeah, they, but, give, they do what I want. But he helped. Oh. But yeah. But I mean, what one guy who basically plays zero role, but he's this creep, and he is—he's basically the the a cliche of every slick guy, right? Uh, he becomes like the focal point of the date doctor is a terrible person, and it's a misunderstanding. No, he's not. He actually helps people. And the other thing about about it off that is. So you're telling me that that Sarah, gossip columnist and a, a as far as I could tell, ball buster, right? Like she's a hard oh, yeah. working ball buster. Yeah. She's it. not a girly girl. She I'm is all about it. She is good. Right. But I mean, and, and that's fine. And again, about it. and again, I liked her character. <laughs> exactly the kind of woman I know I'm you are for. until she gets on Twitter and <laughs> destroys you. No, but, she stays off of Twitter. But she has and, a burner account to. To find the gossip. Yeah, but that's the point. You just made my point for me. So here's the problem. Is Phil going to be okay? Sorry. It's true. Okay. It's true. Declan. Declan, every chance you get, it's like, yeah, just tie my hands to the headboard. Oh, my God. Anyway. Declan is like if Hitch met Curb Your Enthusiasm. That would be Declan's dating movie. Yeah. Yeah. He'd get left (laughs) tied to the headboard. He doesn't have a Twitter. She'd walk out. Cops would have to come and un- uh. uncut him out. Uh, so anyway, so so anyway, you're telling me that she finally finds out who the date doctor is, and she now has unfettered access to him, like unfettered. She knows who he is. She's dating him, mm-hmm. and she could have gotten the story of stories if she had just played it cool. And by the way, again, she's not an overreacting, woe is me type of person. Yeah. So she right. has. So she's going to find all of this out, and yeah. now she can put together. If she just plays it cool, this great story. She's in on his sources, everything, and she freaks out, and yeah. she immediately writes this incorrect story. Love does weird things. Yeah, man. Again, again, I'm just asking. I'm just asking for. But right, it does to people that are weird, but she's not. She's like this. So she's bad at her job and dating. Well, but what's weird is she's good at her job, and then all of a sudden she gets bad at her job. Yeah. That's my, mm. my my least favorite part because I liked her character a lot, and I liked how they developed it, and then they're just like, okay, screw it. Now she's going <laughs> to completely go off the rails. Dex, what was your least favorite part of this movie? Um, a thought. So my least favorite part is I understand how he becomes – Hitch, you know, they do the flashback scene. He's this huge L7 dork in college, <laughs> yep. gets his heart broken, gets cheated on. I mean, it's one thing to get your heart broke. It's another thing to get cheated on. That's I've never tough. been cheated on, but that, that's that got to be just brutal. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, so that scene happens, and then just fast forward, what is it, maybe 10 years later, and he's, like, this insanely talented, smitten date. I needed a little bit more, like, if they could make a prologue, like an, another spinoff. Wow. So the sequel should be a prequel. Uh, between when he got his heart broken or even wow. in With college uncle? too. In college to when he becomes this insane consultant date doctor. Because like it, all of a sudden just he goes from dork who gets his heart broken to like the biggest pickup artist of all. It's a big leap. It's a big leap. So that's like the one little plot hole that I have in this film. Urkel, baby. Yeah, he goes from that Urkel, Urkel that's the prequel. to like Michael B. Hello. Jordan overnight. Hello. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Well, ma- maybe, I mean, listen, Family Matters was a thing in the late 90s, so maybe he Stephane. hopped into one of those Stefan Urkel chambers, yeah, he was right? Maybe, he was maybe Stefan. Um, but I think I think that's my like least favorite part, just because oh. I, I needed a little bit, little bit more thing. Also, did you guys notice the 
hilarious uh, uh, like part of the sh- uh, the movie. With, so his shirt, his shirt gets ripped off in the taxi cab. Yep. yep. And it gets like vis- visibly ripped. But all of a sudden, Sarah shows up with it dry cleaned and totally normal. Yeah. And then he forgets it again at the at the restaurant. So now it's in her boss's chamber. And then eventually it gets back to Hitch when the, when he like they break up at his apartment. And then point. at the end of the movie, he's again wearing that shirt. Very durable shirt. It's a weird little. It's a Hammermaid. Go weird, to Hammermaid.com. Maybe it is. <laughs> but I found that hilarious. It's like, damn, the shirt just survived through everything, apparently. Yeah, right. We need to know what the brand of that shirt was. Yeah. That's my least, that, was, that was my least favorite part. I think my least favorite part was actually the end of the movie. Like, I was fine with the, yeah. the general end of the movie, but what I hated about the end of the movie yeah. was Hitch shows up to the door, and he's now, so two things. He's now gone from, like, being the smoothest, most confident yep. communicator ever and can just, like, talk his way. He can walk up to a woman he's never met before. And know exactly what drink to buy her, know exactly what to say, like everything, without missing a beat, without being worked up or anything. And by the end of the movie, he's just like a blubbering mess yeah. and can't even speak. And, and he, he doesn't know what love is now. I wrote that down, too. Just, he he's can't lost speak. what love He's lost is. everything. Yeah. And and right. she has this good-looking guy in her apartment and knows that there could be some confusion here and yep. decides to play that card close to the vest. Good that it's her. actually like her sister's husband or I something. think that's a brilliant move on her end, to be completely honest. I thought honest, it was unnecessary. Though. He's showing up at the door. He's yeah. like pouring his that, heart that's out. That's my point. You're about... going to play that card now? But, I don't but know. they wrote too much in. Part of the game, baby. That's but, just that, that's the game. But, that, but my point is they wrote too much I in. I am the, the game. game. <laughs> All right. So yeah. let's see. Uh, next one is cheesiest part for you guys. What was the cheesiest part of this movie? Oh, oh okay. It is this one. The date, the first date, they go and what? Take jet skis? Mm-hmm. Ellis Island, right? Yep. And we, we talked about this briefly. But he has researched who her grandfather is. Great, great. Great, great. great who who turns out to, to be the butcher of Cadiz because he's <laughs> killed a bunch of people. And he has his buddy who, by the way, knows him well, but, like, we have no idea. We don't see that guy before or after. He has him somehow get into the book of everyone who visited. Like, this book is mammoth. We're talking thousands of people who came over on boats, right? He finds the Butcher of Cadiz's real name and is able to have it turned to that page um, and then real quick, yeah. so so the book is open. Go ahead, I digress. The, yeah. the book is open, yeah. and it's not alphabetical, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. like people are just writing just their names over. in. And he, and he says something to the effect to her of like, sometimes to know where you're going, it helps to know where you've been. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at her, and she looks back, and then he kind of like does the eye, like looks over to the book. If you're her in that moment, would you think, would you know what he meant, like, Oh, I should read the names in the book. And, and it would, by the way, it would take her a long time to like decipher what the names are. And right and away, she gets to it. And the best part about it is what they show. The penmanship is perfect. Like everyone had perfect and penmanship. Yeah, it, yes, zero chance. It's that not penmanship faded out at all. Yeah, yeah, like like okay, zero let me write this in perfect. But anyway, it it again show or it again to me was like they you didn't even really need this to make it a good film. Yeah. And it was so cheesy, and then she, of course, starts to cry, and it's a, it's all a misunderstand. That that's where I got hung up on things. It's like, okay, this is cool and it's fine, and this cast, this cast was too good 
for some of the crap I think they pulled. <laughs> I really I do. Know, I thought I thought it was amazing. All right, Declan. Because I do really like the cast. Easiest part for you. Oh, uh, great. D- just just the ending. Like I know they got to bring it full circle with with the rom com and stuff, but just just the whole ending scene. It it it's it's just like I didn't really I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy how both of them like said that they're in love with each other. He like gets on top of the car, almost gets killed in like the or gets severely injured, I should say, in in, in the car crash. But he's fine. And he's fine. He falls off the car and he's just fine. I'm just fine. Um yeah, I, I would I would say that it was just the end. It's just kinda blah. It just it it's it, it there isn't too much cheesiness to this. No, actually like, it's it's mostly like I don't know what the word is. Jed used cliche, but I think it was it, there's more just like it's like grandiose. Everything sure. in the movie is like over the Cause top. Even, Cause even, well, but like even the 90 10 thing, like the 90 10 thing is a real thing. That is it. That like the fact that they like made, like coined the phrase 90 10, the guy goes 90, she goes 10. That is a, that's, that's 100% true. Sure. I, I, I love that part. But I think in general, they do a really good job of just taking the cheesy moments and making them realistic. So hmm. it, it's kind of hard for me to pick out like what is the cheesiest part. I would say the cheesiest part was when they get in the argument at the speed dating thing, and then he yeah. gets up and gives the big speech about love that we played earlier. Right. He gives the big speech about how, listen, all you, this is why, and I'm going to solve this problem. Okay, what was the least believable thing about this movie? Oh, the mine is simple. First date, 7 a.m., it's supposed to be breakfast. Like they say, breakfast, okay? And she shows up. And it turns out to be jet skiing on the Hudson. Hmm. There's no food. It's 7 a.m. in New York on a Sunday. There would be no second date. I would just leave. I came for breakfast. I'm up at 7. You're (laughs) lucky I'm up. And you want me to go on a jet ski? (laughs) But here's why it's brilliant, okay? I'm going to give you some dating advice here, everyone. Okay, Phil Mackey dating advice here, okay? Okay. Part of breaking through... The sea of just like comparable normal dudes who are doing the same thing is to do something drastically different. Yeah. And so what's like the standard first or second day? Well, let's go get dinner and some drinks or some coffee. Oh, like right. like 95% of people are like dinner, drinks, coffee, yeah, dinner, drinks, coffee. Accurate. Do something that's completely different and out there that can act. Instead of sitting there and talking about what do you do for a living over <laughs> a cup of coffee. Go jet skiing, have some fun, create some good at vibes, 7 and then on have a, a fun Sunday conversation. On the Hudson, no thank okay, you. Do it at 10 a.m. Do it at 10 a.m. Okay, and, she, and, and not on the Hudson. Do it at 10 a.m. The fact she doesn't like mornings either. Again, another reason I love Eva Mendez. She doesn't. She yeah, doesn't well, like to do you, mornings. You got. You're not going to win that one, my good By the man. Way, is the Hudson, Ryan Gosling is very happy with her as his wife. I had zero idea she was married to Ryan Gosling. I didn't, until I didn't know that either. Two kids. Until last night. Two, yeah. two and, kids, and, and she she's retired like, from acting, yeah, basically. Yeah, quit her career to like be a mom, basically. Yeah, good yeah. for her. It was awesome. Her last awesome. acting gig yep. was in 2014. Yep. So yeah. she's been out for seven years. Um, is the Hudson clean enough to That's just what like, I was God, wondering. fall into I gotta it? imagine, though. That's what I was Steven, wondering. He it was just, disgusting. Like, probably a diaper got swallowed up, and it probably did, dude. That the Hudson is gr- New York is gross. Like, there, there's no way the Hudson isn't but gross. But why would you be on jet skis on the Hudson? That That is Yeah, the, it's also very, very strange. You're correct. I don't know. It just kind of feels weird. It's got to be cold. Not believable. The sports, the next game, believable. All right, Dex, least believable thing. Uh, least believable thing for me was the walkie, even though it's really cool, the walkie-talkie scene. Like, it's 2005. There's zero chance a walkie-talkie. Like, is he, like, circling her building? Like, how close is he to the building? I think so. It, it kind of showed him walking around outside, Yeah, right? yeah but, but I think he's supposed to be outside the newspaper. But there, he's low-key super creepy. 
It's a little creepy. He figured out, but he knows all the moves, like her great great grandfather. Oh, he's definitely yes. Um, His whole life is the walkie talkie thing is just a little ridiculous because like there's zero chance in 2005 the range of those walkie talkies are are that are that significant, and also how. He like basically sends the messenger boy, and if she would have said yes to Friday, like he, so he had like two, yeah, two ideas planned. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, what was I, the other idea? I wonder. Yeah, I know. Another thing in but the, the guy stands wanna, there, and it's very bizarre. And I'm, I'm like, why doesn't he leave? And that's why. Um. So just, just that, because even like you're trying to make a really good first impression, you want to go on a date with this girl really, really bad. We've all, everyone's been there. Maybe I've only been there. I don't know. But I would not do the drastic steps to that to have like send a delivery boy, two different packages. Dude, if she says yes well, to one of these two, I mean, maybe good you step, on you. Maybe you got to step maybe your game I'm, up a maybe little bit. I'm, yeah, maybe I am screwing up. Step your game up. by where I'm at right now. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, least least believable thing <laughs> for me, and it's a huge theme that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that Kevin James slash Albert Brenneman would have any shot with a high-profile, like, A-list celebrity, Allegra Cole. And that brings me to, like, the next part of this, which is the big picture of Kevin James' career. <laughs> has any TV or movie actor outkicked his TV slash movie coverage mm-hmm. more than Kevin James with Leah Remini in King of Queens. Oh, I love Leah. With Allegra Cole in this movie. I love Leah Remini. In Grown Ups, <laughs> he was with, love his wife was Maria Bello in yeah. Grown Ups. Yeah. Like, there's probably more here than I'm missing, too. That's the... But, but Typical he, thing, though, he's right? He's like spilling. He's like eating a hot dog, and he's got mustard. Ja- Jackie and Glee, he's just a dweeb. Jackie Gleason's the same way. Fred Flintstone outkicked his coverage. Wow. Okay. Fred and Will. You little thing Wilma's from Wilma there? Wilma was way better looking than Barney Rubble. You, you, Betty was way better looking. You like barefoot gals with uh, <laughs> with with rugged dresses? The Flintstones, the Flintstones is indicative of how Hollywood operates. I'm going to guess that the Flintstones had some hygiene problems, but that's just yeah, me. Yeah, just a you thing. Stay away. Um, I've got, I, I have listed out here all of the dating advice that Hitch gave, like all the little one-liners or most of them. Sure. I'm going to rattle through these, and I'd love your guys' thoughts as we go here. Sure. Like, are you buying into these theories and advice pieces, okay? Okay. This is Declan, right up Declan's yep. alley. Ready. No matter what, <laughs> no matter when, no matter who, any man has the chance to sweep any woman off her feet. He just needs the right broom. Yes. I buy that. I 100% buy that. It, it, yeah, it makes absolute perfect sense. Because he, ha- he has to buy that to keep his dreams alive. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it, it totally, it's very believable. It's very believable. I think women, I, 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 I think women are going to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. I don't think sure. it's any man, any woman. Sure, but I, here's the thing, and this might come off really bad, but I don't think the guy's going to draw a line that far. I don't think he's going to draw a line as far as the women would draw the line. But do you really think that in real life, what are the odds that a Kevin James has? Zero. Right, that's with an A-list celebrity, like zero. I, I don't think it would work. Like I, she might like him and think it's cute. I get, the, but they're not going to end up together. Put it this way: I get the concept of women. Women care more about a guy's personality and sure. if he's funny than his looks. Men are more like, okay, she is she hot or not, and that's the initial. Mm-hmm. So the idea that if a guy who looks like Albert Brenneman is confident, funny, and can you know is charismatic, that like. If that was the case, but he wasn't any of those things. Like he, oh, was, he was a nerd. nerd. He, he was wasn't nerd. funny. Like, he didn't quit his job too. Like wh- what did yeah, he they do didn't really talk after about he quit that. his job? He just didn't had another back, or like he clearly quit it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's more. So no, I don't buy that across buy the board. It. Next up, uh, you or cannot you cannot use what you do not have. If you're shy, be shy. If you're outgoing, be outgoing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I guess that applies. Yeah, I guess that's true. So basically, just be, be yourself. yourself. Yeah, be yourself. I don't, I don't know. That's tough. If you can just be yourself. 
Like you might need to be a little something else. Well, you can't be like completely shy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta like you, you gotta, gotta do something. Right. Sixty percent of all human communication is nonverbal. Thirty percent is your tone. So that means that ninety percent of what you're saying ain't coming out of your mouth. Yeah. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. So when when they say tone, are they talking about the tone of your voice, the tone of your actions? Yeah, your, what, your body your de- language. Your de- yeah, your body language, your delivery. Are you confident? Are you sure. angry? You know, et cetera. Do you give off a good vibe? Yeah. 90% yeah, of it is, yeah. is your vibe. Absolutely. Right? Okay, when she's talking, don't be looking at her mouth. Don't be wondering what she looks like naked. Just listen and respond. Well, that's it, not, it, that's gene. Yeah, that's that's not true because the key thing is to look at the TV over her shoulder <laughs> to keep track of the game because she thinks you're looking at her and you're looking at the TV. It's got to be to catch up on the scores. It's, it's, but it's right, be, but you got to move her, above but, the head. Is but easier. you got to make sure that that she is either seated or standing in the right place. Yeah. It's, it's all key. about the positioning of your partner. Women will always have much more daggers on you than the men. Like the, if you doze off and if you look somewhere else, she's oh, going to know. know. She'll know in a second. What are you it's looking very, at? It's very but that's obvious. when a relationship gets serious. I I think I think <laughs> acting like you are like you're a little bit aloof is key, and that is when you can examine the scores. So the thing or the action on the TV. The thing I'm the most guilty of when we're at a restaurant, let's say we're sitting across a booth or whatever. No side sitting. Rarely side sitting. Mm-hmm. Rarely. Now, if it's mm-hmm. outside or something and I'll we want to both look yeah. at the view, we'll we'll sure. side sit. I'll, for do, sure. I'll do that. We yeah, don't do same siders unless it's like, okay, there's a go for sure, New Year's Day on. bowl game. When on we or met, something. Dawn always said, sit with me on the same. I've I've never I've uh, ne- I can't do it. Yeah. It's wow. only if there's I'll a game. Side on. Sit. I'll yeah. side sit. But I will not sit in the same booth as you. But where I get guilty is I I love at restaurants. I love like watching if if other people's food goes by. I love to see oh, yeah. what their food looks like. So if we're in a conversation, <laughs> like does, every yeah. single time someone like a, a waitress or a server walks by with food and there's like a big plate of wings, I'm like looking at the wings. She likes to yeah. look at how the, f- the and food. I, press, I get too. called out all the time, rightfully oh. so, for like, what are you looking at? The double bacon cheeseburger <laughs> just went by. <laughs> Yeah, that's I love you. Um, eight out of ten women. Eight out of ten women think that the first kiss will tell them everything they need to know about a relationship. Okay, so I consulted with someone when we were watching this film, and she said that is complete BS. Oh, so you can be a terrible kisser? She, well, n- no, not even not even that. Just the kiss. The first kiss means nothing. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Or, or maybe, it doesn't hold as much merit as what Hitch is saying. Maybe all of her first kisses have been have also maybe the test. that. Maybe that's also. So been it a doesn't. Thing. It doesn't. Set a tone or establish things, basically. Then correct. Okay. Because also, I have no idea. the first nah, kiss. If you're, if you're a crappy kisser, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't. I right, wouldn't right, bank right. on getting a second date. I don't though. think that is what what the person was trying to say. She was trying to say that the first kiss could be also. It's indicative of the circumstances you're in. Like, is it a date? Are you making out with each other for the first time at a bar? Like, oh, okay. what, where where is the kiss coming from? Sure. Is it a dare? Is it something See, like this so? Is good. I'm glad you consulted. The, the, that. There is a situation that has to be like. Preface before you with the first kiss. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. What about this one? The secret to a kiss is the ninety percent rule. The secret to a kiss is to go ninety percent of the way and then hold one hundred percent. You go one hundred percent? No, 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 no. Like that's one hundred percent correct. Okay. I go to ninety ten. Sorry, Wait, it's to do what? Ninety ten. Oh, it's to use that. Okay. Ni- 90, yeah, I've never even heard. You go ninety, of that, but it makes sense. She'll go ten. You can't. You don't want to do what I think this was. I think this was on uh, the Claire season of the Bachelorette, where the guy, the guy went like forty percent. 
And then she she went like over 50%, and then he pulled back to 20%. Mm-hmm. And then he got eliminated. Well, why would you do that? Instead of him just like going in, he just like, he, he like, why would he do he that? Backed away. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was bachelor also, career suicide. Lot, that's a lot I mean, of work would, right there. We don't have a woman here, but like, does the woman go 90? Would you ever just go 10 if she went 90? I don't know. What, what else would you, you could either go zero. You could go zero. Would you go 30? Would you go now 30? You're past, now right. you're past each other. Exactly. I've been married. How do you calibrate? No right. idea. Yeah. If she, if, what if she goes 80 and you go 40? Right. Now are your ears touching? Exactly. I don't know what's happening. It can be difficult. What's it a spot? Box your heads. It's a whole thing. A woman's best friend must sign off on all big relationship decisions. That's true when they're younger, I bet, but not when they're older. That's true. Like, for sure in your 20s, it's yeah. all yeah. about validation. And then life is not the amount of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. Lame. So cheesy and dumb. You know what? I could see it. World Series, Game <laughs> okay. 7, 87, took my breath away. Yeah. 91. 91. <laughs> Gene Larkin, right? Danny Gladden scores. Took my breath away. Okay. I sort of like that from a sports perspective. I do, too. I think mm-hmm. I'm with John on this one. Okay. All right. You guys want to get into the some of the rankings here? Yeah. Actually, I've got oh, yeah. one point off, off an er, earlier topic. Uh, when it comes to Will Smith and his character, Alex Hitchens, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, off Phil's point, the creepiness of that character potentially like he was a he was a college geek, right? Like a complete nerd. Yep. He now has like turned his life around by researching and obviously doing tons of work to get to where he he is now as the date doctor, right? And he like looks things up and like where personality-wise, where is that character on basically becoming a stalker or killer? <laughs> Cuz like there is a there there's an element to it. Because we really don't know him. There's a weird little... Are you, talking about, sorry, are you talking about Hitch? Yeah, I'm talking about Hitch. No. And, the line, and the line that Hitch could I'm cross... Killer. And the line that Hitch could <laughs> cross to become... Because he's, cause he's, he's a caring, super cool dude. Yeah, man. No, I know, but he wasn't when he was young and he turned that, himself into to this. Meaning that he could morph into a into a tyrant at any time. Not everyone a who's tyrant? socially... Wait, not everyone who's socially awkward when they're 17 has to turn into like... Jeffrey I'm, Dahmer, yeah, dude. right. But I'm asking for the for matters of a sequel. I'm asking, what if we were to catch up with Hitch 16 years after the fact, and now he's on the war path, and the cops are after him? But again, they I don't think, know who they're after. I think there's some type of prologue. I think there's some there's type a, of prequel. Yeah, there's a prequel here for sure. 100. percent here for it. Make it happen. We'll speak this into existence if we have. To. You don't want to get hitched. That's the trailer. Wow. Pre-hitched. Pre-hitched. That's the movie. Pre-hitched. Anyway, I'm just saying he that I think her. he's got some. I think there's. I think there's demons there that have not been explored by the by the people that wrote this film. Yeah. All right, dude. Anyway, all right, all right. right. Definitive okay. relationship rankings. Yep. We're going off of chemistry between the couple. Uh huh. So the only one we've reviewed so far are Ben Barry and Andy Anderson from How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and they scored on a one through ten a composite eight point three. So how would you give, we're going to go Hitch and Sarah for this one. That's the main yep. couple here. Yep. Absolutely. Hitch and Sarah graded on the chemistry between the couple. Um, I think the chemistry is legit. I think it's pretty legit. But at the same time, there's a little bit of conflict because then she realizes he's, he's this sleazy, quote-unquote, date doctor. And then there's a little bit of a gap in there at the end of the movie with, with where they're at. 
Yeah, but by the end, like I don't think you. I think it's more just like the on-screen chemistry and, mm-hmm. and the, between and the, the two actors. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. It's a nine. There you go. It's a nine. We're struggling a little bit there, but a nine. Judd, Judd. I'll, I'll give him an eight. Hmm. Okay, it's good. Mackie, it's solid. Okay, I'm just doing some math here. They can't finish higher than, uh, than our first movie. That that was great chemistry. I got to tell you, I'm giving it a nine point five, oh! which makes it an eight point eight yes! composite score here. An eight point eight. I think the chemistry between these two was even better because it wasn't based on a lie. Ben Barry and Andy Anderson were lying to each other about their motives, all right? And so it always felt a little forced. It was a forced interaction yeah, between but this, the two of but them. This has been... These two genuinely loved each other, and there was a miscommunication. Oh, there was not. They were lying. They were scam artists, both who, of them. Who was a scam artist? Both of them. He did, He wouldn't tell her what She told she him did. right away what her job was. Yep. Yep. And he never, like, tried to trick her or But anything. she was he after just... him the whole time. It's an 8.8. I, I don't agree with this ranking. Will Smith and Eva Mendez. <laughs> I find this ranking objectionable. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll we'll get Harry and Sally at some point. And oh, God. It'll... Maybe top it. Okay, so one through ten again here. The restaurant scene? We're going with, oh, man. We're going with uh, Hitch. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was 8.8. So Hitch is our next one here. Uh, entertainment value is really the, the criteria here for mm-hmm. this movie. Start with Judd. Hmm. I'm going to give it a very solid seven. <laughs> Such disrespect. Yeah, I'm going to seriously. Give it a, I'm, Such disrespect. I'm, I'm giving it a very solid seven based on the on the thespians that we saw, and I thought they did a great job. The thespians. I, I thought they did a great job. It's, obvi- it's obviously a 10 for me. It's a 10 out of 10. This is like one of my all-time favorite movies. I know there's some bias involved here, but I love this film. It's a great story. I think it's honestly more realistic than How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's a 10 out of 10 yep. for me. It's a 10. I agree. This is a 10 yes. movie. This is, this is not a 10. This and is the, not a 10. And, the, to... and the reason I give this movie a 10 instead of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, the tiebreaker, you want to know what it is? Proper use of a Knicks game footage. Oh, okay. okay. I did. I, that was don't, my favorite part. Don't take your one regular season game that you grabbed footage of and make it into an NBA final series throughout the movie. That's ridiculous. I agree. So, I agree with the sports thing. Proper use of sports sprinkled yeah, in as I seasoning. Think you, I think that you were overcome by attachment to this film, and I think the flaws are still there. Oh. So Hitch, because of uh, Judd 7 and our 10s, and the composite score is now a 9. So Hitch is a 9. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is an 8.8, and those are the movies that uh, we've reviewed so far. Um, boys, for next week... Hey, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Question. Speed dating. Yeah. Is that still a thing, Declan? Uh... I feel like it used to be big back then, and now I don't read about it or hear about it anymore. So there, there's this podcast I listen to locally that they do it. They have this new one. It's it's it, it's a speed dating thing, and they it's called I think Kings and Queens. Okay. And they do a speed dating little thing where it's like it, they they switch it up every week. So one time it's one guy with three girls, and then or and then it's vice it flips around for the next week. Okay. I think it happens still. Yeah, I don't think it like happens to the also like with COVID right now. Obviously that no, that, but that, I'm just saying before but in like that general. Um, yeah, I think it it happens, but I don't think it's like as big as it used to be. Okay. I've never. I was just curious. It. I've never done. If we speed still dating. had speed dating, yeah, I think I think it still exists. But there was actually, I feel like, when I was in Scottsdale visiting my dad over the holidays, and the COVID restrictions aren't quite. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, we saw a sign at like the resort we were at that's like speed dating next Saturday night or something. Wow. It was like some For like old people. I don't know. Yeah, old. I guess old people old that spouses people died. Dating? Uh, three movies to choose from here. I'm just grabbing from our from our bin here, and I'm I'm going to add one to the bin 
Yep. And then I'll I'll take two, and we'll figure out how to choose these. But the three up for this week are Fever Pitch, Ooh, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, God. Great movie. And I want to add this one. Please. While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. Kevin Costner? Is he, who's, nope. the guy, who's the male lead in that? I don't remember his name. Have I seen that one? I think I might have seen that. While one. you were sleeping, is Sandra Bullock is like a like Hold a on, subway worker or something. This dude, yeah, oh yeah, this she, dude hits a coma. And she pretends f- to be uh, Bill Pullman. Bill oh, Pullman's yeah. in this one. Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock. I yeah. have seen this. I have seen this. It's I recall it being cute. So I'm gonna I'm gonna label these one through three, okay? okay. And we're gonna have we're gonna have Declan choose a number one through three. <laughs> While okay. you were sleeping, 1995. I really, I'll be honest. My bias wants the first two really bad because I love both those movies. Um, I think you'll find I think you'll find things about. All of them that will be enjoyable. That's true, though. That's true. All right. I will go with one. While you were sleeping. Damn, oh God While bless. You know you can't go with one when that was the third one, dude. I don't, it didn't matter. I was going to screw it up. All right. While you were sleeping for next week. Hold on a second. I'm going to write that down in my notes. I did see that when it came out, and it's been years. There's a lot There's a lot to dissect in that one that I think you'll find, okay. you'll find interesting. Okay. Um. Unless you guys think this is a grave mistake, like Dan Orlovsky used the term "grave mistake," Dak Prescott. My bias is to, like those Sweet Home Alabama oh, and Fever Pitch it. are like. Should we do Fever my, Pitch? Are like two of my favorite films. Should we just do Fever Pitch? Also up there in my rom coms. I don't care. That's fine with me. I'll do Fever. I'll, I'll do All right. Fever if you guys pitch. feel passionate about Fever Pitch, we'll do Fever Pitch next week. That's cute. It's film. a sport. It's a sportsish yeah. movie too. Also it's a sports film that that they actually had to go back and reshoot the ending because the damn Red Sox won yeah. the World Series and it was all based on the Red Sox. Not ha- having won what, World a World Series since 1918, right? right. At the time, it was yep. 1918. All right, so all right, all right so, so we'll call on, wait, wait, we're doing fever pitch. We'll do fever pitch. All right, we're, we're going to keep all these. Right. If you have other ones you want to add to the list, and we'll take suggestions from people Sweet too. Home Alabama, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Great movie. I've never. I don't think I've seen that one. That's the one I haven't seen. Oh, God, it's such a good movie. But right. I'm sure I will sit down with pen and paper and dissect it thoroughly to give an analysis while you guys give a tenth. I hate it when a guy calls a girl who did not give him her number. So this is me not calling. Over. Yes, you're right. This is much less invasive. Listen, I've been thinking about that sign on your forehead, and I was wondering if you'd mind taking it down for dinner Friday night. Over. Oh, I can't. I have a couple of parties I have to hit. Uh, gossip never sleeps. Saturday. I, um, I have a date. Okay, Webster, how do I get rid of you? Breakfast Sunday, and you can barely even call that a date. You do that with out-of-town relatives that you don't even like. Over. Okay, I guess I could do Sunday. You forgot to say over. Over. This conversation's over as soon as you tell me when and where. 7 a.m. North Cove Marina. Over and out. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked-out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.